Welcome back to Workwoman. This is going to be a fun episode. Technically, you're listening to this on the day that is April 12th, which also happens to be my birthday. So happy birthday to me. And as exciting as it is that you are listening to this podcast on my birthday, what I think is even more exciting and relevant to you is how do I think about goal setting as it relates to a year's reset? I love my birthday. I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those people that's like, why not enjoy yourself? I'm not crazy with it. Like I don't need everybody and their mom to like send me a message, but I really appreciate the resets. I really appreciate the ability to say, man, this year I'm 29. When I was 28, what was life like? What was I doing back then? And what was I hoping I was going to be like when I was 29? And and it, was I successful at doing those things? And I think I remember sharing this on an episode last year where my 28th birthday was my very first birthday where I was actually proud of the movement from 27 to 28. Like it was one of those years where I didn't cry on my birthday. I'm also a birthday crier. I feel like I should just share that with all of you now because normally like it's, it's a disappointment. So many things in life from my standpoint are just not what you think that they're gonna be. The birthday, the going out to the concert, the wedding, like these big moments in life oftentimes to me end up turning into something that it's just not what I thought it was gonna be. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I just think that it's the reality. And yet there are some moments that are so spectacular that you never even expect to be special in your life that turn out to be something that pivots your perspective. I had one of those moments recently. We just wrapped the 10X Growth Conference. This is the sixth 10X Growth Conference. It was crazy. Like the the whole three-day event was back-to-back, not a lot of sleeping, not a lot of eating, lots of conversations, and it was an amazing event. But those moments that you think are just going to be spectacular during event, oftentimes they actually look like real work. And it could look like fun to somebody else, but it's like there's all of these considerations that you have about what's happening with clients and what's happening with the team. I had a similar feeling on my wedding. I loved my wedding day. I'm so appreciative for how it all came together. But it's just not those moments that you dream of when you're growing up where it's just the most spectacular thing and the best day of your life. I don't know that I would actually say my wedding day as a singular 24 hours was the best day. It was windier than I thought it was going to be. And I was so freaking hot. Like I don't I don't sweat. You you guys know this about me. I'm not a sweater. I've never been somebody, even when I work out and like totally exert myself. But on my wedding day, like I can't even explain to you how much I was sweating. It was ridiculous. Long story short, like these moments oftentimes aren't what you want them to be. But GrowthCon got over. It was three days. It was madness. Those moments of GrowthCon that you would think would be spectacular were just like busy. What was spectacular that I would have never anticipated, I would have never expected, is afterwards I got to my hotel room. I was like, oh my gosh, it's eight o'clock right now. I'm going to take a nap. I can hardly wait to take a nap. I might just like fully go to sleep. It might not turn into just a nap. And Grant and Elena called and they were like, hey, you guys should come over. I was like, Brandon, we're only going to be there for 30 minutes. I have to go to sleep. I am tired. 
And we ended up sitting outside talking for like three hours. It was like 1130, which I normally go to bed at 930. So that was way past my bedtime. But I felt like a teenager again. You know, there was wind going through the palm trees and I was sitting down looking up at the stars. And it was just one of those really spectacular moments in life where I didn't expect it and I didn't anticipate it. And so as birthdays are concerned. I know that Brandon has some special things planned for this particular day. Little does he know, I already know what they are, but that'll just be our secret. Cause like an idiot, sorry, I just have to like share the stuff behind the scenes. He put it on his calendar. Like I see his calendar. I have to make arrangements around his calendar all the time. So I opened up his calendar yesterday morning and I see all of these like different appointments and where we're going to dinner, but he thinks it's a surprise. So I'll let him continue to think it's a surprise. But that day, sure, it'll be nice, it'll be a great day, but it's not about the day. To me, it's about who you become on a birthday and how can you use that as a tool instead of being upset about it or worried about aging, like how do you use that as a tool to become the person that you want to be? And so I'm gonna give you my tips because I do this every single year on my birthday. I set new goals for myself, they reset. I look back at the year before, I figure out, hey, did this work, did this not work? What do I need to be? I know on Tuesday, AKA today that you're listening to this, I'm gonna be really freaking proud of myself. I already know that this is gonna be a great birthday because this was a great year because of the work that I put in to, the, to myself, to the people around me, to the thing that I'm building all throughout the year. So I can already tell it's gonna be a great birthday, but I wanna walk you through, okay, it can either be a great birthday for you or it could be a not so great birthday, but how do you set yourself up so that you have next birthday, next year in mind, and you actually make those changes so that you show up next year and you're like, man, I'm so freaking proud of myself. So you ready to dive in? I'm ready to dive in, let's do this. How to set one year goals, this is the first thing. I start this process by imagining myself waking up on my birthday in the next year. So like I literally think about like what bed am I waking up in? Like what part of the world am I in? Am I on a vacation? Am I at my house? Like what am I doing when I wake up on my birthday next year? And I imagine what does my day look like? What is life in that cadence look like, not just like a special day, because sometimes on your birthday, you go do different things, you go do fun things, but like what does life in one year from now actually look like? What type of meetings are you having? What type of conversations are taking place? What are the events that you are invited to? How do you feel about yourself? What type of projects are you working on? Like I go through this whole imaginative process. And for me, this will be particularly fun this year because my next birthday after today is my 30th birthday. So I'm probably going to do this whole thing with like 10 year goals then, but I'll save that podcast for 365 days from now. Anyway, first step, I imagine myself in whatever it is I'm going to be doing in that year from now. And what's fun about doing this is it doesn't even have to be your birthday in order to make this work for you. Because if you just imagine yourself one year from whatever date it is, and you start to identify the things that you want to be doing, all of a sudden you instantly realize what you should not be doing right now. Like if I imagine myself having more responsibility or, or doing something that I could very easily do today if I thought that I was capable or able to do it, instead of waiting a year from now, why wouldn't I just do those things 
right now. This is why this imagining process is so important because oftentimes you will find that 50% of those conversations that you wanna be having or projects you wanna be working on or just things that you'll be doing, oh my gosh, I could literally start like this minute on making those things actually a reality and there's no reason that I have to waste time in order to get there. Okay, number two, I always split out my goals in the format that I teach here at Cardo Ventures. So my goals, as I imagine, are personal. What does my personal life look like? What does Brandon and my relationship look like? What does my family relationships look like? What does my self-care look like? Where am I spending time and investing in myself? What books have I read? What knowledge do I have? Then I go into professional, like what role am I in and what projects and what responsibilities do I have? And, and like really thinking like, what am I responsible for? Financial is the easiest. It's the easiest one to set targets around because it is so black and white. Between now and next year, I want to be making X amount of money. I want to have invested X amount in Cardone Capital. I want to have taken this trip or been able to buy, buy this certain thing. Like that's pretty straightforward. But as I'm imagining, I move from, okay, the day and the feeling, you know, like I'm just, for those of you who aren't watching this podcast and you're just listening, like as I imagine, I'm like moving through it. It's just like, it's free flowing. But then as you start to do the second step where you layer in the personal, professional, and financial, it becomes more more structured and I have more of a vision as to how each of these three things play together to create that first step, the the vision, the image of, of who I am in a year from now. Step number three, in this process, you have to totally forget the mechanics. What I mean by that, when I'm setting a goal for one year from now, I'm not trying to get stuck in, oh, I made $80,000 this year, so next year I should base my financial goal off of that and I'm going to shoot for $90,000. Like those are mechanics. Those are not that's not reality. That's me using today as the basis for my vision, but that's not how it has to work. I can use any point in time and any vision that I have and any inspiration that I have is the point of reference for what I want to become. And so as you're setting personal, professional, and financial one-year goals, just for a second, forget about the mechanics and write those things down because when you're removed from the mechanics, all of a sudden, the activity that you are willing to take entirely changes. Because if I'm only gonna move from an $80,000 target to a $90,000 target, I might not have to do that much more in order to hit a $10,000 difference. But if I move from, okay, I wanna make, I'm making 80,000 this year, but maybe next year I wanna make $150,000. That's almost a two X. I am just totally open to what would I have to do in order to generate $150,000 next year? And then your ability to create ideas and to play with that becomes so much more significant than if you just say, oh, based on this year, I'm just going to do $90,000 because you will never become the person in five years or 10 years from now if you just chip away in tiny little chunks at these goals. These goals and the vision should get you excited and then it should scare you. But don't let mechanics get in the way of the excitement, writing it down and allowing it to scare you. It's good that it scares you. That is totally fine. There is nobody who has ever said, your goals should not scare you that you should actually listen to. And if you are listening to somebody who says that shit, like 
turn them off. They should just like cancel, delete, done. We're not listening to those people anymore. Next up, number four. This is the fun part. So if you're going to be this person in a year from now, like how do you choose today to act as if you're already that person? This is straight out of think and grow rich. Think about your financial goal for a second, your one-year financial goal. Do you have that number? Do you, you have it like totally pinpointed? If you think about that number every single day, starting today, and instead of saying, let's use our $90,000 to $150,000 example, instead of acting like somebody who makes $80,000, what behavior would you have to change in order to act like somebody who makes $150,000? Like, who is that person? How do they show up? What time do they wake up? What are their daily habits? Like fully going through the process of moving from, oh, I want this to I'm acting as if this is happening will get you there. It might even get you there faster than your one-year goal, but there's no reason that you should just stop or stall or wait to act like you make $150,000 until you do make $150,000 because it's like counterintuitive. How are you actually going to get there? It's kind of like that advice, like you should dress for the job that you want instead of dressing for the job that you have. I think that's fabulous advice. You should always act like the thing that you are or the thing that you are wanting to become instead of the thing that you are right now. Because how else, like seriously, guys, how the heck else are you going to get there? Okay. Number five, this is a big one. This is like the best thing that I do every single time I go through this process. When I set a new goal and I'm clear on it, I immediately change something recurring in my calendar. There's something on my schedule that has to change. If I want to put more energy and effort into writing a book, instead of me like waiting until months from now to like start thinking about the book process, I'm going to put a meeting on my calendar for myself tomorrow. It's not going to be in three weeks. It's not going to be in three months. It's not in nine months. It's like tomorrow. What is the outline of my book going to be? Or what is the title of my book? Or who am I going to use to design the cover? I'm going to do something immediately on my schedule that creates this recurring activity for me to remind myself, oh, I need to change something that I'm doing to allow for this new thing that's important to me. This is the act of adding something. But when you add something to your schedule, you also have to remove something. I've just had two conversations with team members just in the last four hours around this exact thing. As you grow and develop your leadership skills, there are things that you are already good at that because you are good at them, you just hold on to and you think, oh, I'm so good at this, I might as well always do this. That couldn't be further from the truth. You should stop doing something as soon as you are good at it and you should be having somebody else always, forevermore, with you when you do that thing. Because if somebody is with you, then instead of you just being good at it, you're able to train somebody else on what you are good at, so then you are duplicating yourself. So one option, you add something. The next option, you remove something. And oftentimes the removal process is, it's more difficult than you might think. 
Like really take a hard look at your calendar and say, hey, what do I have to stop doing? Because it's likely gonna be something that you think you need to continue doing. It's a recurring meeting. It's somebody still reporting directly to you. It's some conversation that you think you have to be having or some person in your life that you have to keep hanging out with. And the reality is you likely need to have that thing go away to make room for this new thing. Okay, last but not least, number six, you have to remove doubt from your environment. When you set goals, as I go through this every time I set a new goal, like, oh my gosh, I can go do this thing. And, and I imagine myself and I get all excited and I add something to my calendar and I remove something and I go through this whole process. And then all of a sudden there's something that slaps me directly across the face that's either my own doubt about my ability to accomplish something or it's somebody else's doubt of my ability to do this, or it's my perceived doubt, or it's my, per my perception that they have doubt that I could do this thing. And when you start to feel that way, or you start to think those things, your instant reaction has to be drawn to examples of how you could make this actually happen. It cannot be festering in or living in what somebody else is going to think or say, because that's not gonna get you any closer to where you wanna go. And so for me, let me think of something that I've had to remove doubt on recently. Um, I took on a new role very recently. If you work in Cardone Ventures or you're a client of ours, you, you're familiar with this role that I took on as being responsible for, for marketing at Cardone Ventures. And I had to remove anybody who was previously in the role or had previously given me marketing guidance and advice while I was taking on this role. And you might think, oh, wouldn't you want somebody to help you? I was like, well, I don't want somebody to help me who has already been in this place and might not have been successful in their role or might not have been successful in launching or initiating something because their doubt is going to bleed over into what I think is possible for this department. So I have to unfollow. I have to stop asking for, for guidance. Around here, we like to call this polling. Like I would not poll somebody on like, oh, had this worked before? And, and what did you think of it? Like, no, no, no. Natalie just has to make the decision because if I ask somebody else, it's allowing my doubt to be filtered onto them and then they get to choose which direction we're going. I should be the one choosing. I have full confidence in my ability to make a good decision when I'm given the right information. But that's not the type of information I'm trying to get. Maybe it should be like, hey, which three things were the most successful things? And then asking the question, what made them successful? That would give me data to know, oh, should, should we do this? Because this is the same definition of success that I have. Or, hey, we shouldn't do this because to me that doesn't sound like it was very successful. As you take on these new identities or these new future dreams that you want to turn into your existing identity, the doubt from yourself is going to be the first thing that is going to entirely crush you in the process. So the last thing you need is other people and outside influences to make that even more compounded. Now, I want to read you something because as I mentioned, we had GrowthCon just last week and I took a bunch of notes, but one of my favorite notes came from one of my favorite speakers and I want to leave you with this. 
one of my favorite speakers besides my husband, obviously Brandon was just a total rock star and did amazing. So he was my number one favorite, but my number two favorite would be the one and only Stormy Wellington. And during her speech, she said, all that I want to become, I became, therefore I am. It's like a little bit of a mind bender. Let me read that one more time. All that I want to become, I became, therefore I am. All that I want to become, I became, therefore I am. So when you build this muscle of the things that you want in life, this is why this birthday is exciting to me because I had goals last year and I achieved those goals. So all that I am, or I'm sorry, all that I want to become, I am, meaning like I wanted to become those things. I'm now am those things. So why not just speed up the entire process? If you want to be a million dollar business owner, if you want to be a $10 million business owner, if you want to be the most incredible wife or father, whatever that is for you, if you want that and you know, and you have confidence in yourself, oh, the things that I want in life, I become, well, let's just take time out of the equation. I am those things. How do I start operating? Like I am the most incredible father or wife or business owner. Time being removed is the greatest gift that you can give yourself because all of a sudden you have the freedom to continue to create more once you're fully competent and feel great about learning the skill set. So with that, this concludes today's Workwoman episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. I would love to have you share on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, any place that you share things, share the Workwoman podcast. I look forward to seeing your tags. And also, if you especially enjoyed it, definitely leave a review and a rating. That means the absolute world to me. And I can't wait to see you or talk to you next week. 